Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. So today I'm really lucky because I get to sit back and not be so much of the subject of a podcast, but I'm more the interviewer because today we have Ricardo with us, who is Liz's husband. Hi, Ricardo. <laughs> Hello. And so I'm basically going to be grilling them on all aspects of their relationship. And, you know, I'm really curious personally. Obviously, I know what it's like to be Liz's work wife, but I don't want to know what it's like to be her, you know, actual wife. So we can hear a little bit more about that. So without further ado, I'm going to ask my first question. I want to hear about what was like before you met, the steps leading up to you meeting. Where were you? emotionally what was your mind you know what I mean those kind of things what what who who were you guys before that fateful day oh my gosh that's true because there is a sort of before and after right yeah, yeah that's a fair question and I think you should take them first <laughs> <laughs> that question I think will be more relevant to our our first date um and I can go into it a little bit more detail in relation to that in terms well, well of our first dinner date or our, our actual first date our first dinner date because I, I was going to say guess. our first date yeah. was a catastrophe. And well, so is our third date. So my yeah. date, or second date. No, second date? The second date was a dinner date. Oh, yeah, that was awful, too. Yeah. The first date was a work interruption. Putting it mildly, because you're a lawyer, everything that you say is rather mild. So, Liz, where were you? So I was mentally, in, I was emotionally. In... What were the, the steps leading up to you meeting Ricardo? Okay. So I had planned to stay in Chicago because I graduated University of Chicago. Um, I stayed for a summer because I had to finish a class. And I was going to stay on to do my master's. The very last minute, my roommate and best friend had decided sort of last minute as well, she was going to move to New York. And I thought, you know, why don't I just move to New York? I have nothing keeping me here other than this program. But NYU accepted me. I'll just call them and they'll take me because, you know, the hubris of a 21-year-old or however old I was, was like, oh, I could just go anywhere and do whatever I want. So that's where I was mentally, for sure. Happy for a change, so we packed up a U-Haul. Got out of some tricky relationships. Oh my God, that entire last year of uni was so tricky. Like I had met a guy when I was living in Paris the year before, and I was convinced that he was my everything. That didn't go well at all. So that ended up with this like horrific um, Christmas holiday in Paris. And... After that, I, I was just sort of bouncing around, sort of swimming in my own karma and hookups. And that's why I had to stay the summer and finish the class. So, you know, New York certainly looked, <laughs> I don't know, I'm like not looking at him as I'm telling this bit. So New York seemed like a good, a good idea because it seemed like a fresh start. So Sonia and I, we loaded up a U-Haul with a mattress and a few of our treasured possessions in our wardrobes and my mom tagged along she was probably just so terrified of what I was doing and for me and it was we drove through the night somewhere on the 80 through Ohio that I turned to Sonia and I was like I know why I'm going to New York I'm going to meet the man of my life in New York there's no other reason for me to go so that's how I knew but when you got to New York things took a bit of a different turn right (laughs) it is definitely a different playing field when it comes to dating and relationships and For somebody like me, I was sort of used to things going easily or not struggling with meeting people. It was weird. I can't even describe it. It seemed odd to me that 
people who dated maybe wouldn't spend a lot of time together. Like they would only see each other maybe once a week, if that. And I thought, but if you're in a relationship, don't you want to kind of be together a bit more? But it seemed like everybody was so cerebral when it came to dating and their choices. And I can't say it was gamey, but it felt very game-like. And I thought, but how can you have an authentic connection with somebody if everything is so planned or intentional? So were you disappointed then? So dis- I mean, disappointed is putting it mildly, Rhea. Yeah. I was sick. Because you come off this U-Haul expecting to meet the man of your life oh, and then no. you were stuck in dates that were pretty shy. <laughs> I hadn't expected to meet him right away. I knew. Because I, I, in my mind, it could have ta- it could take years. I was going to go through my master's program. I thought maybe I'd stay and get a job. Like I, I didn't see New York as a sort of temporary way station for me. It was more like, I'll go, I'll have fun, I'll grow up a little, I'll have some interesting experiences. Eventually, I'll meet my person. But it really was something that I filed in the back of my mind. It wasn't this ever-present search. For me, dating was always fine. It was always enough. But after a few months, because I think we arrived in August... And I think by that November, I was done dating. So it didn't really take long for me to tire of it. And I just decided I'm just going to take time off. Until that fateful night in January. <laughs> so speaking <laughs> That's of that right, fateful, there we go. So speaking of that fateful night in January, where were you before January? So where was your kind of, Ricardo, where was your kind of, were you looking for a relationship? Was it something you were interested in? Or were you working very hard? Where, where were you before that? Yeah, well, I was a second-year associate at the time, and uh, I guess I, I had dated during law school, started as a junior associate at, at a large firm, and that took up quite a bit of my time, uh, the hours. I didn't really have that much time, though I tried to carve out time and was interested in, in a relationship or you know meeting someone. But I had um, not found anyone or met anyone that, that I clicked with. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> we clicked. <laughs> you can't well, see, but they're making really weird gooey eyes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know the exact moment. I think we hit it off with a good conversation. So I'm going to preface this also saying that I had met somebody. And I remember thinking, she was sweet. Maybe I just needed to make some kind of out of university friends. And then we ran into each other randomly, um, which for Manhattan is extremely random and rare. And I remember standing outside in, the, in December and I, was, I looked up at the stars and I was like, oh, I know why I need to know her. I'm going to meet the man of my life through her. Wait, so quick question. Were you always calling it man of your life? Yeah. Interesting. I, I know, remember. weird, right? I thought, okay, well, maybe we will look, maybe we will become great friends, even though we don't really click or whatever. Like, maybe we'll become great friends and I'll know her for years and eventually I'll meet somebody through her. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of, we, we pass each other and we're like, oh yeah, let's get together. And then the holidays happen, etc. And I decide one week, like on one particular week, it was a Monday and I thought, you know what? I think I'm ready to start dating again. It's fine. What preceded that? Nothing? nothing. Or you just woke Absolutely up in the nothing. morning and you went, I know I'm ready? Yeah. Absolutely. It was nothing else but that, you know, I'm ready. And I don't want games. I would like fun and great companionship and just somebody I can hang out with. I don't I don't want the kind of like gamey New York ego bullshit, which was what I think had sickened me and made me very tired, was just sort of people wanting something but did not really wanting commitment. So... I just decided that Monday I was ready to start dating and I rang her up 
And she's like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll plan something that Thursday. I hear from her. And she's like, oh, yeah, okay, how about tonight? I said, great. And she goes, okay, we're going to go to this club, but first I have to go to my friend's friend's birthday party or something. So can you just come and we'll go th to that and then we'll, we'll go out. And I was like, sure. And then that's when I met Ricardo. <laughs> so it literally was what, one week <laughs> after you decided you wanted to start dating again? It was again? three, four days. It was Monday and I met him on a Thursday. Wow. And so you were, how come you were at that party? Was it also a fateful moment, the so way Liz is? So it was the um, birthday party of uh, the brother of one of my good friends from college, his, his older brother. So and Thursday night. So, Thursday you know, night, New York, Thursday night's York, a big night in New York. Or yeah. it used to be back in the day. Well, <laughs> probably still is. <laughs> I, <don't laughs> I wouldn't know. know anything about that, though. <laughs> no. But anyhow, it, it was actually quite fortuitous because I had been on a transaction, didn't go forward, that if it had gone forward, I... I wouldn't have been able to leave the office. And so basically, neither of you were meant to, neither of you were necessarily going to go, but you both ended up going. Yeah. So I have a question. If you hadn't met then, could you have met a different time? Would no, it I'm have sure. Happened? Possibly. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Did you have enough <laughs> friends in common links together? Not no. at all. Not at all. <laughs> so you don't doubt it from like a fate woo in universe kind of way, not from a... From a, it would have been, it would have happened. Oh right, because way. he had some other random friend yeah. that knew my other friend, or yeah. no, yeah, no, it wouldn't have been anything like that. It would have been some other chance meeting. Okay, fine, interesting. Yeah, and so <laughs> you guys started dating, yeah. and from what you've been saying, the first couple of dates were not. Well, so ideal. we meet. Okay, so we keep saying it was a Thursday night, and that's very significant because. Well, we, we know we made our usual small talk. And I will say this, and I'll flatter myself. I'm pretty good at small talk. I think by then I was actually, I had it pretty much nailed down and I'm, I love it. And we're chatting. Small talk for a small person. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just chatting. And, you know, we say a few things like by then, and this is going to be really interesting. I was only in, I'd only been in New York for six months and I already knew I was going to move to London. Don't ask me how. I had no game plan. I didn't have a job lined up. I wasn't searching for anything. But I remember in that conversation saying, New York is sort of temporary. Eventually, I know I'm going to have to go to London. It's a little random. Because I was like, not, I was clearly, I made it very clear. I was very over New York by then, six months in. And um, he's like, yeah, my firm has an office in London. And I have some friends going. And I was thinking about doing that too. So we had connected over a desire to move to London and the fact that we both spoke different languages. But I kind of dismissed some of those details as just sort of extraneous small talk bullshit until later when it became relevant. So needless to say, my friend, well, my friend then or the, the woman who brought me to the party comes to me, says it's time to go. And I wait for him to ask me for my phone number. Did you know he was going to ask you for your phone number? He seemed to kind of lean in like he was waiting for this opportunity, but then he seemed a little nervous. Is that what happens? Is that what used to happen before, like, Instagram and, like, you know, WhatsApp? You yes. have to, like, ask someone for, like, their, like, home phone number. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> or, or their cell. Yeah. <laughs> and he had a fancy StarTech at the time. <laughs> Hold on, pause. How old were you guys at this point? This was, what year was this, babe? It's 2000. 2000. January 2000. So I was... I was weeks shy of my 27th birthday. Uh, I was 23. <laughs> so everyone bear that in mind <laughs> whilst listening to the story. <laughs> These two old boomers <laughs> telling the story. <laughs> when I, when there was no color TV and we met across the table. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I Motorola cool. StarTech was pretty cool. It was very cool. I remember thinking that's so cool. And he had a Palm Pilot too. <laughs> <laughs> so Leslie got turned on by the Palm Pilot. No, I didn't. But I thought that that was really cool later when yeah. I saw it. Yeah. And I remember thinking, wow, he's got all this tech. <laughs> This is right. amazing. Okay, so, you feel like Ricardo's interested. He's leaning in, potentially going to ask you for your number. Yes, and I'm thinking, I got to go. Man, ask me already. Because normally I would offer it up or I'd be like, oh, would you like to exchange numbers or something? And this time around, because I not had a most particularly positive experience, I remember thinking, you know what? Whomever I meet needs will need to make it some effort. Not a lot. It's not like I was following the rules. But I remember thinking, you know, I'm not going to make it so easy where I just kind of run the show and tell them, well, here's my number, call me this time, etc. So I asked for her number and uh, she said, sorry, I, I don't give out my number. Oh God, after all of that. Uh, I know. So, <laughs> so I didn't not, realize not, how obnoxious that was. <laughs> uh, not the uh, response I had wanted to hear, but she said, you can give me your, your number. Give, and um, at the time, I, I had nowhere to write it down. I happened to have a business card. So you didn't I have your hand- Palm Pilot to hand? <laughs> <laughs> well, to give her my, my number. Um, and, uh, and, and so... Because you're um, trying to put it in your phone is really annoying back then. Yeah. <laughs> so Getting the, the, the numbers three times to get the third, the, you know, whatever the third letter. But I had a business card. So again, it was Thursday night. Which didn't have my cell phone number, by the way. It just had my office number. Right. So I wake up the next morning. You know, I go back to how my. Did you feel like when you left, like, did, but for both of you, did you guys feel, feel like it was a significant meeting? No. <laughs> we both went out afterwards. I think I stayed out much later than I should have. So it was just you just met a random person, and it was it was it didn't feel anything lightning bolt through the sky or. No, well, I I didn't come away with anything or her phone number. I didn't know if she was going to call or not. So. <laughs> I don't think he was going to dwell on the, on the little woman he met, the petite woman he met for like 10 minutes at Evelyn's Lounge. It was longer than that. I remember, and I'll say this, the other reason I took his number was because I really didn't want to feel like I had to wait for somebody to reach out to me. And if they were going to, if he was going to reject me or if he was going to, you know, play games or be busy, then I could just lose his number. And so I never had to worry or wonder, is he ever going to reach out? And that's why I did that. So I wake up and I so, realize... Sorry, just to rewind. Sorry. So whilst you're happy to, as, which I agree with, the little bit of effort needs to come from the other person as well. Yeah. You also wanted to not have to be waiting for them or anything like that. So Absolutely. it was very much about power. I'm like, as in, I'm in my own power. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm choosing you. Yes. But at the same time... By allowing you to make a little bit of effort, I also know that you're in your power and you're choosing me too. Yes, exactly. I wanted to know that. And because I knew if I was interested, and I was, I was interested enough. We had a great conversation that lasted clearly more than 15 minutes. And I was willing to, and I wanted to call him and get together. But the thing is, I realized the next morning I had his business card. So I only had his office number. Which meant I either called him that Friday or I had to wait till Monday. And then I didn't really want to be a rules girl by waiting three days. So then I was stuck. I had to call him the next morning, <laughs> which was like so dumb. So I call him up and I'm like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Assuming he knew who I was. 
I had no idea who it was. I usually don't get personal calls in, in the office, let alone at 9.30 or 10 a.m., whatever it was. I think it was like 10, 10 something. Your bodega was going to stop serving your egg and cheese. So yeah, before ten, by 10, right? Yeah, so then by I 10. Needed, that, yeah. That's right. So she, she, she calls me. And when I picked up, honestly, I struggled to to recall who it was. It's like, hey, how's how's it Like, okay, actually, <laughs> frankly, I was a bit hungover having gotten <laughs> stayed out later than I should have. And so, and I'm like, and I'm just worried. I'm like, so what? What are you doing? What are you doing? She's like, oh, watching Magnum PI. It's like her favorite show. I was like, okay, clearly it's someone who's not working or at work. I'm trying to piece it all together. He's been a detective too. <laughs> so an inquiring lawyer. Unfortunately, before I'm able to get a clue as to who she may be, she abruptly tells me that she needs to go because her bodega is going to stop serving her egg and cheese sandwich at 10 a.m. And she has to run down and, and get one before it's too late. I said, okay. And she, so she, she's like, I'll call you back. I had no idea whether she would call back or not, but I guess she called in the first instance, so maybe I had some hope that she would call back. But, but you still I had, didn't know who she was. I still didn't know. Started talking to my office mate, and I had no idea who that was. <laughs> Trying to figure this out. I'm very, very girl. confused, hungover, tired. So, But sure enough, she called back. And uh, fortunately, I and I don't remember specifically you know, what was said, the conversation, but at some point I, I, I figured it out. She gave me a clue. Did I, I ask you about getting together again, right? Or, okay. And then I said, and, how about tonight? That's right. Do you think, oh, she's a bit keen. She's called me the next morning and now she's suggesting we meet that night? No, I, I, I mean, I, I was frankly excited. I mean, I, you know, I had a number of terrible blind dates uh, le- leading up to that. So it was nice to actually meet someone uh, with whom I had a potential connection and who was frankly interested in seeing me a second time. So we made plans for that night. So we go and I'm feeling like, okay, this is going to be cool. Like new me, new year. Like let's, let's try this. We sit down, we order drinks and he gets a phone call and he stays on the phone for almost the entire time we're there. I couldn't avoid it. I was, I tried to be apologetic about it, but. And then did you guys have plans after your drinks? No. Okay. So you just had drinks. Well, oh, no, I think I had plans. I had plans to have dinner with, with a friend. And I remember... And then, by the way, she was cagey about that. So I didn't know if it was a date. Oh. <laughs> She's like, I'm meeting up with my friend. I mean, clearly indicating it was a male friend and it was a dinner, but not being clear as to whether it was a date or not. <laughs> I know that look on your face. <laughs> and back to you, honey. You know, you never mentioned that before. And... And I wasn't seeing this person at all. I don't remember. Why was I being cagey about it? I didn't want you to feel threatened or that I was seeing anyone. (laughs) You should have been clear it was a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Only a friend. Oh, touche. Just a friend. (laughs) Just a friend. So first date, disaster. Disaster. And And I just gets off to go on what could be another date with someone else. Which was just a really simple pasta. But at the end of that date, we tried to get together again. You offered the next night, Saturday. Yes. To which I had to respond, unfortunately. You did not have to. You did not have to respond the way you did. I, we, I made that Unfortunately, I, I had a prior commitment. It was uh, commitment. My, my friend, one of my closest friends from college. It was his, I guess, then girlfriends. And later she became his, his wife and then ex-wife. Ups and downs <laughs> uh, over there. But uh, it was her, her birthday. So I had previously committed to <laughs> attending the birthday party. And so I'm thinking to myself, okay, here's this guy who's very apologetic for 
not being able to be present for what's effectively our first date. I'm offering him a second chance to redeem himself, like another opportunity to sit down. And he says no. And I'm thinking, well... I mean, to be fair, though, he had plans. Yes, but... Just like she had plans on Friday night with yeah. a guy I didn't I, know I, if she I, was okay, dating or not. Made, but I still made time to have a drink with you. You could have made time. Like, you could have even suggested, listen, I've got these plans, but between four and five, I'm free for a coffee. Or, like, at noon, I can Yeah, have but a I wanted coffee. a meaningful date. You know, the real date. Not well, just you didn't like, say that, that I'd okay. like to really, like, get to Well, I offered you. Sunday. <laughs> okay, so you offered Sunday, and I accepted. Because <laughs> I thought, well, if anything is going to go anywhere, we need to figure this one out sooner than later. Because <laughs> otherwise, I'm moving on. <laughs> yeah. So Sunday comes. Yeah. This so, is a bit pissed from Saturday. Well, I'm not pissed. How was the I'm party? open-minded. Yeah, how was the party on Saturday? Did you spend your time it thinking about right. this? Um, yeah, I was looking forward to, to the next night, I, and I didn't meet anybody that night. <laughs> <laughs> Did you meet anyone on Saturday night? No. I don't know what I did. I probably didn't have any plans. So then Sunday comes. So Sunday comes. And at the time, actually, it was quite quite convenient and fortuitous. We, we only lived about 10 city blocks apart. And so she was geographically uh, desirable oh, at the, the time. the geographically so, desirable thing. It's a very big deal. It's a very yeah. big deal. Um, and uh, so anyhow, I was thinking of places kind of in the neighborhood. Um, I picked this more or less random Italian restaurant. It was okay. I mean, it wasn't the greatest was uh, choice, but... <laughs> it was sad. It was sad. Yeah, the, was food was sad. sad. <laughs> the food Ad- was sad. Admittedly, it's not what I had remembered it to be. And the day and didn't go so well? It was It was horrific. But not because of the food or anything. Well, the food wasn't great, but right. that's I'm not what dramatic. made it. I'm, I'm, I'm reasizing. Okay, I wouldn't use the word horrific, but it was Sorry, not ideal. Reasizing is harsh, but we'll move on. <laughs> and, and this is where we well, get, it's just the. It's. I don't mean to sound so dramatic. It just wasn't great. I knew we were capable of having a conversation because obviously we had the first night we met. So we meet for dinner, and I'm expecting us to sort of continue on as we had. Obviously, in my mind, I seem to be able just to converse by myself. <laughs> but we sit down and we don't have a conversation. But that you had asked earlier where kind of my head was at prior to meeting Liz. And I had gone out on a number of unsuccessful blind dates. Who are these people that your friends were setting you up with? I'm just curious. Uh, some of them were really, really random. Any, anyhow, <laughs> not, 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 <laughs> I thought about it. I was being introspective at the time and thought, well, you know, what is the common denominator. It's, it's me. I must be doing something wrong, or maybe I should try something different. Well, I made a huge mistake, which was taking advice from my father, who at that time was on his, well, he had been divorced four times. So, But he had, at that time, recently read a book that was popular around that era uh, called Mars and Venus. Oh, I don't know if you recall it. Women are from Venus. Yeah. I think I read bits of it myself. Okay. Well, it was very, <laughs> it was very popular at, at the time. And the authors had written a specialty book within the series called Mars and Venus on a Date. So I thought, oh, brilliant. I'll check this out. And I only got through the first chapter because that was all that was really relevant to the first date. Um, <laughs> Which we, we seem to keep going on first dates. <laughs> I so, like that. You, you had three first dates. Yeah. Anyhow, this book claims that men who are from Mars tend to talk about themselves too much and, and don't listen enough uh, to the woman. And, and that creates a bad dynamic and leads to bad dates. And so the advice 
is to be more engaging, to ask more questions, and to talk less about oneself. Of course, being who I am, do everything to an extreme and probably went a little too far <laughs> and solely asked questions and didn't talk about myself. <laughs> so every, every time uh, she asks me something, I just flip it around and ask her. So basically, Liz got, Liz got first hand of how to be a podcaster on your, on your you third go. first date. But it was so awkward. And he is such an overachiever that, of course, he was going to apply it to, you know, hit the best of his ability. So he did a great job of, like, making me feel somewhat isolated during the dinner because I thought I'm only talking about it. But I thought it was going brilliantly because I'm, I'm like, I'm doing everything. I'm following the playbook this is gonna work out great <laughs> and were you like oh yeah. i couldn't wait in my mind i'm thinking i can't wait for this to be over so i can go home and bitch to sonia about how bad this date was <laughs> so but I, actually this so worked out like plotting it in my <laughs> it's kind of worked out to my advantage because the the um the bar was so low the yeah, <laughs> true. um but the restaurant, it was a Sunday night. They wanted to close down and the, the sh- chef, cook, whatever, wanted to get out of there. So the waiter came by and asked, you know, if we'd like anything else, if we'd like any dessert. And we were and both like, no, I shook my head like, please, said, no. I just end this but, night already. Please. But I, was, I wasn't entirely ready to give up on, on the night. And, uh, and I said, well, uh, maybe we can grab ice cream on the way back since there is a Haagen-Dazs on the way and she can tell you the rest. <laughs> well, because a friend of mine at the time earlier in the day had suggested I go for ice cream with him. And I remember Was she thinking, also a psychic friend? No, she was a friend and I remember asking her, what does one do on a date on a Sunday night? Like clearly I was disappointed that I got relegated to a Sunday night date because I remember thinking, well, I'm not really a priority, but okay, we'll just go with it. I mean, I'm going to put it out there though. He didn't know you. doesn't matter. Okay. In my mind, I was a priority. I mean, come on, Rhea. I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, why would you ask me that question? We have to value ourselves, right? Yeah, yeah. They're fair. And also, you know, I'm high maintenance. Exactly. So I'm like, where is this coming from? Anyway. But fine. Keeping an open mind. That was part of my whole new year. Impartial and impartial interviewer. It's fine it's fair no i just part of this whole new me i'm trying out this kind of new dating thing for myself and what works i'm only going to be i'm only going to accept so much anyway she she just suggested that we go for ice cream and i was like oh my god that is the dumbest thing ever it is freezing cold outside who eats ice cream in the cold and so when he suggested haagen i remember thinking okay universe i hear you I'll give him one more chance. And that's where we broke the ice over ice cream. Literally. So we picked up ice cream. We went back to her place and actually talked for another hour and change or two hours. And then I think after that, we saw each other. Yeah. Like a little peck. Good night kiss. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, But I kind of, you know, I was, I, I was the one who did it, right? I think I was the one who kind of leaned in and because I wanted to end the night on that note. But at the same time, in looking back, I kind of wish I'd waited till the next time because it felt a little rushed. Interesting. We ended up seeing each other. I, I was keeping count at the time, but I mean, it was it was almost <laughs> like, I don't know, 13 out of the next 14 nights. So on a Monday, you decided that you wanted to meet, you wanted to start dating again. Mm-hmm. By the next Monday, so less than a week later, yeah. you'd met your person. Yes. And we're kind of already in a relationship with them. Moving then on from that... And how you met, which I think is a really interesting story and could be a podcast episode just by itself. Yeah, because sorry, that was you so can long. See, no, because you can see how even a psychic doesn't know until she knows. Mm-hmm. 
and also how many road bumps there are. You know, sometimes we imagine these really romantic stories. But oh, yes. in many ways, we could call your story third time lucky. You know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah. Just in the last moment of the third time. <laughs> Thought it was all over many times before it was. So really, it does show how having an open mind and staying true in your power does make a really big difference when it comes to this stuff. But kind of moving on from that, I guess for me, what's really interesting is... I mean, Ricardo, you're now married to someone who effectively is a psychic, is a channel whose whose work is very much based around that. Even before I came along, that was always what she's she's done in some way or another. When did you find out about that, and how did you feel initially? Well, I knew I knew she was always spiritual, and I guess at at, at some point she had told me the story about you know ha- having gone uh, to m- my friend's uh, brother's birthday party because she believed she was going to meet the man of her dreams through the, this in, this person and I, I actually I didn't know that at first and in fact I I never actually met her her friend again I mean you never saw that woman again no we never reached out to each other so you didn't invite her to the wedding I don't even yeah no oh. I we just. <laughs> They didn't, they didn't stay in, in touch. So, I, I mean... And I, it didn't bother you? It didn't um, freak you out? No. no. I, um, For someone who's so but, rational. But but also, I mean, at the, at, at the time, I, I have to say, she, she was, you know, very focused on her studies. She was getting a master's degree and and very, you know, interested in, in potentially, oh, at that point, you were thinking about pursuing a career in academia, um, mm-hmm. potentially as a professor. So, I, I mean, her focus at the time was different. and um, Less pendulum, more library. Yeah, and and it was and she was a huge Francophile at the time. Oh, oh so god. annoying! Oh my god! <laughs> even so even now and again, sometimes she throws out the words, and they're like, "Oh, would you like a croissant?" We <laughs> <laughs> do the same. Oh, shut up! Coming from you, Raya. Okay, oh. the judgment. <laughs> so it actually wasn't um, really. Maybe have some beurre with your beggar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Liz, again, you live in Paris. All right, Raya. I don't know if you went to the University of Chicago. Could you remind me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I so deserve that. So anyhow, we, we, we moved to, to, to London. At some point, I think she decided that um, she wanted to refocus her attention on, on the, her spiritual side. And you'd already done the soul memory discovery stuff or not yet? No, I mean, of course, I'd already had my sessions with Alan and stuff, um, but I hadn't thought about pursuing it, but it was Sonia. So the same friend who got me to move to New York and sort of helped facilitate, you know, the acceleration of our relationship, we, she had sent me some books and I remember sort of like, it was like on clairvoyance and mediumship. And I was like, huh, I used to be really good at this. I wonder. And that's kind of, that sort of planted the seed. And that's when I just started kind of looking into it. I guess so it maybe crept up on you. As a lawyer, I'm, I'm naturally a skeptic, and but I, I realize there are some things that I, I just can't explain rationally. Fast forward two years, uh, we had spent coming up on two years in London, and at that point, my firm had been sending folks back. The internet bubble had burst, and the economy had gone south. Um, now I'm really dating ourselves. I, I, I know. I'm sorry, but it's just, it's. it's I'm gonna edit some yeah. of this to make you guys sound more current because you're, you're only in your early forties. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you in advance. Um, See how much time has changed. <laughs> so, so any, anyhow, uh, my firm was sending people back the summer before. Liz had had a dream 
that we moved to Hong Kong. And she woke up and told me about it. And I said, well, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, given where I was at that stage in my career, given that the firm was, was moving people back, my peers back to New York, I was like, that, that doesn't make, that, that'll never, I mean, like, it'll never, I'll never happen. happen. <laughs> I was like, I, I completely dismissed it. I was like, oh, nice thought, but completely, you know, dismissed it. So fast forward then a few months, we were due to possibly go back to New York and I, I, I went to the, the managing partner of the firm, of the office here, here in London and asked if I could stay longer, if I could extend. And she said, you know, sure, we, we value the work um, you're, you're doing here, but what do you think about Hong Kong? And it was just completely out of the blue. And the first words out of my mouth were, that's so bizarre. Last summer, my wife had a dream we moved to Hong Kong, uh, which is not, I think, the first thing she expected to hear from me, but neither of us had ever ever been there, but we, we decided... Um, you know, we'd go sight unseen, and uh, three weeks later, or two weeks later, whatever it was, we, we were, yeah, two weeks, we were we were in Hong Kong. So and things seem to operate quite slowly, slowly, slowly. Mm-hmm. Really big changes really fast. Yes. Does that, would you say that that characterizes your life, most people's lives? How would you? <laughs> I would say it's our lives since we've been together. What about you? Yeah, all, all, all our moves really happen uh, unexpectedly. That was one instance where I don't know if it was her predictive you know capabilities or what but I, I couldn't discount it I mean I mean it felt real that she she had either predicted this or manifested it or whatever you want to you know call it before she really in earnest started practicing soul memory again we went to see Ellen again you know I approached it with some measure of of skepticism but I, I listened and you know, we explored some issues that had kind of plagued me, you know, in particular, some father issues. And she explored this and apparently in, in a past life, whether I believe it or not, it was interesting in that in that very story, an allegory, whatever you want to call it, she encapsulated the very issue that I had been experiencing. It, it really made me realize that I, I mean, I, I could have gone to therapy years on end and would have never encapsulated the very issue, gotten to the core of that very issue so quickly. So I really saw the, I, I guess, the power of, of the modality or its potential, right, for someone who's a skilled practitioner. Then Ellen handed me the bill, and I, I think I turned to Elizabeth and said, sweetheart, you could do this. <laughs> He's a pragmatist. What I do believe is that she has the power to positively impact people's lives in a very positive way. You know, the testimonials that of her clients have all been so, frankly, been, been amazing. I mean, the, the, her ability to positively impact someone's life, to change their life, to, you know, allow them to experience things and see things differently. That's real. I mean, so regardless of what you believe, I think the result is, is real. So do you ever ask Liz? Questions for you? Do you use your wife's superpower for your I, own gain? I, I do. I, I do. <laughs> I mean, I do. So. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. And um, do you always listen to the answer? 
I tend to ignore it and do whatever I want in any way. Only when it's when I want to, what I want to hear. Yeah. Oh my God, you literally... You guys you, are you're both, both the same. It's such a waste of my time <laughs> most of the time. I'm like, then why did you even ask in the first place? <laughs> because we wanted to know how we felt about it. <laughs> yes. I just want validation. You yeah, know yeah. <laughs> when, obviously, you guys have lived in lots of different countries, you've moved around a lot, you've had lots of ups, you've had two children you've had lots of downs it's been you know a whirlwind of what now 20 years or something yes how do you manage conflict i can probably count on you know one hand the the big blow-ups that we've you know had over over the years and and usually those were brought on by external stressors mostly frankly my you know my work or my my family but otherwise i mean she she really keeps me sort of even keel and I don't feel like we have you know conflict I, I think we tend to agree on on most things you know aesthetically when we go apartment hunting in each city we we tend to agree I mean fortuitously yeah we tend so, to like we have oh I think the things that would be difficult to compromise on we tend to have in common and so the things that demand compromise don't feel like it for us so living together for this long and creating a life together hasn't felt like a real struggle. But like he said, in terms of conflict, they usually are external issues that sort of creep in. And so we were young when we met, but we were able to kind of work out certain things with each other that when these moments come, we can easily see them for what they are. Like, is this an issue for us or is this an issue that is yours that you're putting on us, right? That we have to take care of, if that makes sense. And I like to talk things out where she doesn't. <laughs> and when we do have those um, co- conflicts or big blow-ups or whatever, that's that's actually the main struggle is for, you know, get, getting to talk it out. But I think once we talk it out, I tend to feel better, uh, I think, probably first before her, and then eventually she'll come around. Talking is just exhausting. It's a lot of words. I like talking. I know You're also you in the wrong career. <laughs> <laughs> I get a little tired of it after a while. I'm much better because I didn't grow up in a family that communicated. And he was all about communication. So it took me a couple of years to really break down those barriers. And how do you break down those barriers? Well, first of all, be with somebody who's very patient, <laughs> who could sort of keep at you and not give up on you. And you just have to want to. I just wanted things to work out and I wanted things to be better. I didn't want my parents' relationship, so I had to try differently. Would you say the same for you, Ricardo? I just never, and I, I think I think I even said this in my wedding speech. Like I, I just never saw a relationship ending. You know, from the moment we started really dating, from when I, you remembered who she was. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, when from what moment would you say that happened? Was it the ice cream moment? Is that when you really saw it? No, I, I, I think it was when I was tallying the days and we were, again, I, I forget the exact number. It really oh. was close to 13 out of 14 or 15 out of 16 or no, whatever. No, it was something out of 14. Yeah, yeah. It I, was like 13. And so it just, it was so, it just felt so right, so consistent. Like I, I just didn't, easy. I didn't, I didn't imagine a day when I wouldn't see her. I couldn't imagine a day when I wouldn't see her. That was really, that was nice. And I remember, I think it was by that February, it was just clear. So finally, then I guess, what would you say has been the thing that's kept your glue together? Like that's kept you together since 
you know, all the different things that you guys yeah. have been through. And I mean, I, I think it's a shared appreciation and love for things in life. Like we, we, we have been able to keep it fresh because I mean, frankly, there was a period where we were moving every one and a half to two years to foreign countries. I mean, this was our eighth international move. I, I think there, you know, aside probably military personality, not many people would voluntarily do what we do, but we, we enjoy that and arriving in a new place and, and, and meeting new people and doing that together keeps things kind of fresh in some ways and, and allows us to experience together the things we most enjoy, which is, you know, um, experiencing foreign cultures, foreign foods, meeting new people, exploring new cities, Language. travel, <laughs> languages. Yeah. And once you guys became parents, did you start looking at each other differently? You start seeing each other's deficiencies, I think, <laughs> in terms of you're not doing enough for this kid. Like it, 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 that, that's a, oh, wow, that's, that's loaded. That was hard. There's a whole lot of karma in, in that. But we came through it, would you say? Well, yeah. We're I mean, eventually I changed jobs. I mean, that had a lot to, to do yeah. with it. When I was at a, I, I finally went in-house after, well, almost 13 years, but it wasn't sustainable. Uh, keep maintaining a family. And I mean, if you look at the divorce rates among lawyers at, at large law firms, especially in New York, I mean, they're, they're, they're quite high. You don't see many successful marriages. And, um, you know, it wasn't, present a lot, unfortunately, early on in our children's lives. And in fact, uh, you know, our daughter, I mean, this was probably the most, most telling. Uh, so one night, you know, we were reading a, a story uh, to, to our daughter as she was going to bed. And she was about five and she says, uh, I need a new daddy. So I was like, what? She's like, she said, I need a daddy who is available to me and you're not available. And that was that was painful. That hurt. Mm. Thankfully, I was able to make a change, and I think you know they improved yeah. significantly. The fact that he wasn't working weekends, but I think what keeps us together is the fact that we both respect each other a lot. We have fun. I mean, we're we're nerds. We're really corny, and apparently, we're very old. <laughs> <laughs> that we are. <laughs> but he makes me laugh. And we still have the same sense of adventure that we did when we were younger. And that helps a lot. It's just the, the ability to have fun and enjoy each other's company. And so what would be that one piece of advice you would impart, having spent 20 years together in a very unique kind of relationship? Make a choice. If you want to be with the person, you make it work. And they're not going to do the work if you don't do the work. Effort and, and commitment patience as you said and um and understanding and it helps that ricardo is really one of the most humble people i'd ever known and i recognize that very early on in the relationship we weren't vying to one-up each other or to prove anything and i i think in, i had a lot of growing up to do because i was so young but he gave me a lot of room to be myself so that sort of humility and patience went a long way who's the kinder one Oh, he is by far. <laughs> Hands down. Not even an argument. <laughs> At least it makes up for my lack of spontaneity. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Moving lots of countries, that sounds like spontaneous yeah. to me. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. 